And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, yeah, big show today. Fun show today. I was joined by my friend Eric Schaefer. Uh, we covered a lot of ground, uh, some political, some not. Um, all right, I'll just be honest with you guys. We spent most of the show talking about the Super Bowl, breaking down the Super Bowl and giving our predictions. So that, that's what I mean by non-political content. But hopefully you guys enjoy it. We, we do cover some politics as well. Uh, but yeah, a, a lot of football talk, fair warning. Uh, guys, uh, before I get to Eric, please follow us on Twitter at No Gimmicks Pod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. We, yes, we are now on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify user, definitely follow us over there. Um, and if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, and if you like uh, what you're hearing and want to get involved, hit us up over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right. Without further ado, here's my chat with Eric Schaefer. <laughs> All right, guys, we're here with my friend Eric Schaefer. Eric, my brother, how you doing? Uh, Brady, I've said this on like five separate podcasts. Stop calling me your friend. <laughs> I'm not your he, – he always – he points a gun at me and makes me come on the show. I'm uh-huh. not his friend. I'm his hostage. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Yep. No, I'm, I'm doing <laughs> – I'm doing really good. I Brady knows this, but uh, to fill everyone in, I, I, my car broke down today. As I was going to classes, and it almost derailed me coming on this wonderful, amazing show. So I'm glad everything worked out. And uh, aside from the car breaking down and having to pay hundreds of dollars for repairs, I'm doing pretty good. How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. And see, I don't really know anything about uh, cars and how to fix cars. So I, I don't think I gave you very good advice when you texted me and said your car broke down. Oh yeah. Do do I need to tell everyone what you sure. said? All right, so I'm texting Brady. I'm like, oh, it could be the alternator. It could be the battery, but the battery shouldn't make it just break down like that because it was already running. And he just goes, um, okay, open the hood, then yell, look fat. That usually works. <laughs> so basically, if you're trapped— It works for me, man. If you're, if you're trapped on an old, old country road in the middle of the night and your car breaks down and you, have to, you can only text one person to ask what to do, don't text Brady because odds are you're going to get like killed by some serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, or at least you're not going to get your car started. That's that's for sure. Yeah, well, that is, that old, is a fact. Old country roads are are peak uh, habitats for serial killers. So, you know, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl and we're going to talk about this latest Don Lemon fiasco over on CNN. Uh, but because <laughs> look fat just reminded me of obviously former Vice President Joe Biden, and we weren't going to talk about Biden. But just real quick before we jump into what we actually are going to talk about today, Joe Biden in the last 24 hours yelled at a voter and told him to go vote for somebody else. And then in a speech later that night uh, said that something along the line, I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of whoever he picks as his running mate had better be good because he's super duper old and might die in office. So like the Biden campaign is just, just having a normal one over there in Iowa in the last 20. I mean, just I, is there a worse candidate than Joe Biden? No, no, there's, there's, I actually would venture that uh, Kamala Harris, 
Harris was a better candidate than Joe Biden, because the only difference between Kamala Harris and Joe Biden is that Joe Biden has way more name recognition considering he's been around for about fucking 100,000 years. But the, like that's it, it actually is really amazing. Like when you take poli sci as a major, one of the only worthwhile things you learn about the political <laughs> the political process. And luckily, I'm not to take, not taking tell it. to not tell voters to vote for someone else. Well, that, but also, it's that that name brand recognition is so insanely powerful. Like, there are people who will run for office, and they know they're not going to win. They know they're not going to win, but they only do it because running for office gets you, like, some free publicity. Like, just having your name out there, having those signs out near the road gets you some free publicity. And most people after, as long as you're not insane, most people after running seven times will have so much name brand recognition if they're again not insane they're eventually going to win so joe biden is only doing as well as he is because he has name brand recognition that's, that's literally that's the only reason the only reason at this point he's doing as well as he is if kamala harris had the amount of name brand recognition that joe biden had if she was as uh, if the american people overall felt as comfortable with her as they did at least until recently with joe biden i've I don't know how that would happen. Kamala Harris just comes off as like a robot, but let's say it, it does. Uh, she would be doing so much better than Joe Biden. I still think she'd lose, but she'd be doing so much better. Joe Biden is the worst candidate you could possibly run. Only Joe Biden can go from the absolute, you know, untouchable front runner to losing to a, a one billion year old communist in Iowa. I, how do you do it? I don't know. I don't Joe, know. I, I don't it, know. It seems as if his campaign, and Shapiro has said this before, and I agree, it seems as if his campaign is banking on Joe Biden winning like Nevada and South Carolina and in the South. Like he's going to be the old Southern boy and win all these Southern states instead of Iowa and New Hampshire. But everyone forgets that momentum is a thing. Like, sure, I, the Iowa caucus is not a very good determinant of who is going to win the nomination. It really isn't. Ted Cruz won Iowa. There's a bunch of out there candidates that win Iowa. But the fact that Bernie Sanders is beginning to, to, to pull – he's not only pulling competitively, but I believe he's also starting to pull ahead in New Hampshire and other states shows that Iowa may not just be a fluke for him, assuming he wins Iowa. Iowa may not just be a fluke. So if Iowa is not just a fluke and Bernie starts running competitively and he already establishes that he's got some sort of momentum, that hurts Joe Biden because when another candidate has momentum, you your own base doesn't feel that energized to turn out and vote for you. Yeah, that's that's you're absolutely right. And, you know, he is still he's up like 30 points in Florida. He's up like 20 points in Ohio. So like he even but, you know, you can't really use Super Tuesday as a firewall because like, you know, like you said, if you lose, if he he's going to win South Carolina, obviously. But if he loses Nevada, Iowa and New Hampshire, a lot of his supporters might freak out and jump ship, you know, even prematurely, knowing they they would win most of the Super Tuesday states, but you never know. Hey, look, it, bottom line, eventually, uh, you and I will run for uh, president and vice president. Doesn't matter which one's at the top of the ticket. Uh, I'd prefer no, to be, no, 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 I, I'm. Top I'd of prefer the vice president. There okay, go. that no, good. I was gonna say. I mean, vice presidents don't have to do anything. So <laughs> that that sounds awesome. But uh, our uh, our campaign slogan will be: "You people need to go vote for somebody else." <laughs> That's. <laughs> I think it's a solid sales pitch. But anyway, okay, look. Um, a lot of stuff that I don't care about is going on in, in the news right now, the, the impeachment stuff. All that. We don't need to talk about that. The big news of the week, obviously, is the Super Bowl. Thank goodness. The Super Bowl is here on Sunday. I think it's going to be a good one, man. It's going to be a good one. Uh, oh, yeah. 49ers, Chiefs. We'll, we'll get to our predictions. We're going we're gonna to give our predictions here in a minute. But 
what do you what do you watch? What's what's the most interesting storylines in the Super Bowl this year? What what are the X factors that you're going to be looking for in this game? Uh, so <clears throat> we talked about this a little bit before the show. So I'm a big Pat McAfee fan, and I think the guy hit the the nail on the head with his analysis. It, and it's basically going to come. You see the media interviewing like Pat. Patrick Mahomes and Jimmy Garoppolo and a lot of the key players on the 49ers defense and a lot of these wide receivers and tight ends like Travis Kelsey. And it's all going to come down to the Chiefs offensive line because the 49ers defense has been elite this year. So their, their defensive line has also been extremely elite, obviously. If the uh, Chiefs O-line cannot stop this elite 49ers D-line, then you're not going to have the usual fireworks show that you have from Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying he still won't have success, but I don't care who you are. You could be Patrick Mahomes, you could be Tom Brady, you could be Aaron Rodgers, I don't care. If you have a bunch of pressure bearing down on you the entire game and your O-line can't stop a block on every other play, or your your O-line can't stop a rushing defensive end on every other play, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to be pressured to make early throws. You're going to have to start possibly making inaccurate throws. I think if anyone can overcome it with the raw talent that he has, Patrick Mahomes is the guy. But it's certainly going to make things a lot harder, and I think it, it it would certainly keep things from being a fireworks show. So this game, the X factor in this game, is all going to come down to whether the Kansas City offensive line can hold up against uh, against an amazing San Francisco's 49er, San Francisco 49ers defense. Because if you look at the offensive weapons that the Chiefs have, I mean, if you look at Patrick Mahomes and their wideouts, they have some of the, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not in terms of raw talent. And I'm saying in the league presently. You have possibly the best quarterback in the league as of right now, um, because even like we can debate about Tom Brady being the goat, but it's it's pretty obvious that he's not the best in the league anymore. Uh, but you have the best in the in the league right now. You have some of the best wideouts in the league. It's going to take a lot for the San, for this San Francisco defense to be able to cover these wide receivers, for the San Francisco defense to be able to stop the the run game the the fewer times the Chiefs do it. I, it's all going to come down to that pass rush and whether the O line can hold up. I don't have as much to say about the defense. I think the only thing that the Chiefs defense needs to do is not completely break down. That's it. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, one of the <clears throat> one of the storylines that I'm recognizing with a lot of these all-time great quarterbacks is they don't have good defenses throughout their entire careers. Now, Patrick Mahomes, he's only been a starter for two years, right? So it, it's too early to say whether he's, he's going to be plagued by bad defenses his entire career. But if you look at Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers largely – has been plagued with bad defenses his entire career. I mean, the only time he had a good de- defense was, or the only time he only had a good defense maybe once or twice, and past that, the best he could hope for was like a mediocre defense. Uh, Drew Brees, one of the all-time greats, I think the greatest. Uh, Drew Brees has been plagued by bad defenses pretty much his entire career. I mean, there's been maybe one or two years where the the, the Saints had a good defense, and one of the two years where they had a good defense, they won the fucking Super Bowl. Uh, so oh yeah. It, I mean, yeah, same with, we're both Steelers fans, the same with the Steelers. I mean, either, like, the Steelers have either, you know, in the Ben Roethlisberger era, either had, like, an elite, awesome defense or a terrible defense, and it's one or the other. <laughs> like, every single year, like, there's nothing in between. Yeah. It's either, like, the James Harrison, Troy Palomalo defense, or just, like, just a bunch of hacks just getting blown up. <laughs> well, but, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, and, like, a lot of people are talking, like, obviously because Richard Sherman is a, you know, a future Hall of Famer. It's like, oh, can Richard Sherman and the— you know the the secondary of of uh, the Niners cover Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Hardeman and Watkins and all these guys. No, I mean it doesn't matter how good Richard Sherman is. Like, there's too many weapons on offense for the Chiefs to cover. 
So it is, you know, the Chiefs' offensive line against the D line of the Niners. Like it doesn't matter how fast Tyreek Hill is. Like it doesn't matter if he runs a four three or a four two or whatever. I mean, he's he's like the fastest guy in the league. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big and strong and fast Travis Kelsey is. If Patrick Mahomes only has a second or less to get the ball out of his hands, <laughs> it doesn't matter if Tyreek Hill runs a four flat. That's not enough time to get downfield and get open. So, and Nick Bosa is a beast, and Buckner's a beast, and they get to the quarterback. So, yeah, man, it's the D line of the Niners versus the the O line of the Chiefs, and like it's it's funny too about this game. It's like there's no mystery in what each team is trying to do. I mean, like Kyle Shanahan, who I think is a pretty great coach. Like, he's literally going to, like, he'll be standing next to their offensive coordinator and next to Jimmy G on the sideline. He will look across the field at Andy Reid, make eye contact, and make sure Andy Reid can read his lips as he tells his team, run the damn ball. <laughs> like, there's no yeah. mystery here. Like, everybody knows what both teams are going to do. It's just like a clash of the Titans, you know, like the the elite defense and the elite offense. Like, there's no, uh, I mean, there's no mystery here. And... Also, I think, obviously, Jimmy G, how many times did he throw the ball in, in the NFC Championship game? Like, seven times? He was, like, six for seven for 80 yards or whatever. Like, they just ran the ball over and over and over. But, like, I don't know. I actually think Jimmy G is a lot better than what a lot of people give him credit for, so I wouldn't be surprised if he had a big game, too. Oh, I, I, I think he's a good quarterback, but at the same time, his stats this year haven't necessarily reflected, I think, how good he is. He hasn't so, had to do much. <clears throat> we'll yeah, exactly. But also when he has thrown the ball, I've just been I, I haven't been overwhelmed. You know what I mean? I, I, I've I've been slightly underwhelmed with Jimmy G's performance when when they do have him trying to sling it. The issue the, the, the thing is this. The Kansas City offense has to be explosive. Because you want to force Jimmy G to throw it, you want to force Jimmy G to try and keep up with Patrick Mahomes, because even though I think Jimmy G is good, I don't think he could possibly keep up with Pat, uh, Patrick. Patrick Mahomes, yeah, but you want to try and force that situation, and that all comes down to the O line. But the other the other storyline that I'm I'm really interested in is you have Andy Reid, the big red, the perpetual choker, the guy who chokes pretty much every major playoff game he's in, and the one time he doesn't choke a playoff game, he chokes a Super Bowl. Versus yep. Kyle Shanahan, the notorious <laughs> offensive coordinator for the Falcons during 28 to three, which still <laughs> pisses me off, by the way. I was yeah, like, like the biggest, the biggest choking. Co- well, at least like Andy Reid's definitely the biggest choker among like good coaches, like ever. And then versus the coach who had the biggest choke job in sports history, <laughs> like in the Super Bowl. So yeah, no, so, you're absolutely right. Yeah, what I like about this is one of them has to come. Unless no, yeah, never mind. Uh, one of them has to come out with a win. Unless there's some freak, freaking rule, which I think would just be amazing. Some freak, freaking loophole that they pull out of their asses that somehow makes the Super Bowl end up in a tie and they have to end up cutting the Lombardi in half and giving it to both of them. <laughs> I, you can't, right? I, I you think, just play overtime yeah, as yeah, long as it overtime, takes. Overtime, right? yeah. double overtime, triple overtime. I'm just saying, I don't know. Knowing these two coaches' history, I would just be so... It would be. I'd laugh my ass off if there was some loophole that made the Super Bowl end in a tie and they had to like cut the Lombardi in half and no one knew what the fuck to do. Um, but you have two coaches who have something to prove, who legitimately have something to prove. Andy Reid wants to prove that he can finally win one, and Kyle Shanahan wants to make up for 28-3. And both, by the way, are, are like Kyle Shanahan, for the mistake he made during the Super Bowl against the Patriots as an offensive coordinator, is a really brilliant offensive mind. I mean, he can 
do more. He's proven that he can do more than just, you know, have his team run the football. I mean, he bends the Packers over almost every time they meet and 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 um, has his way with them. Uh, and then you have Andy Reid, who is one of the most, even though he's a choker, is one of the most brilliant offensive minds in football. So it's either going to come down to which one of them chokes or uh, it's going to be a good game versus two brilliant offensive minds. I really hope there's no choking. I really hope it's just a really well-fought-out game. But the storylines with the coaches has been really interesting, too. I like, I love it. I think this is going to be a good Super Bowl, and I'm so glad that for once the Patriots aren't here because that was getting boring. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes wants to prove that he is the next guy, the next, you know, consensus best, you know, quarterback in the league. And then Jimmy G wants to prove that, you know, life's not fair, and if you're super handsome, you really do get whatever you want in life. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> they're both out to, hey, look, look I'm extremely straight. But like that guy, he's a very attractive man, you know. I'd go to dinner with so, him. I'd go to dinner with yeah, him. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, <laughs> uh, look, one more element here, and like I, I actually don't like I, I don't have a dog in this fight. Like I don't care about either team, but I'm actually rooting for San Francisco because I hate the press. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like and the press, like sports media is almost as bad as the normal like political media, uh, and sports media really, really wants Kansas City to win. And I like it when the sports press is sad. Like it's when they're sad, I'm happy. And like they all like Stephen A. Smith, all these guys, they've like they've anointed Patrick Mahomes like the the best quarterback ever. Even though he's like 23 years old and he hasn't done anything yet, uh, they just basically are like, well, we can just cancel the NFL for the next 20 years because you know Patrick Mahomes is going to win league MVP and Super Bowl every single year because he's better than everyone else. He's already better than Aaron Rodgers. You know, like he's just, it's like come on, guys. A little. He's done nothing. He's 23 or 24, or whatever. Like, guys, please stop. So, anyway, because the press loves Kansas City so much, and I hate the press so much, I'm rooting for San Francisco. I know this, that's a ridiculous reason to root for a team in the Super Bowl, but hey, man, only God can judge me. I am who I am. This, but I, this is what you get. I love Kansas City. <laughs> well, so does Stephen A. So. <laughs> Did my, Stephen A. My, Oh, uh, never mind. He's the most annoying sports commentator. Sincerely. Yeah. And there's a lot of them. Well, like, I, but it's like on first take, the only one who's kind of not annoying, he's just wrong a lot, is Max Kellerman. Stephen A. and uh, Molly, what, what's her name? Molly Queerum? Something like that? I think that's her name. Anyway, they're, they're the most annoying people. Two-thirds of that program is filled with annoying people and one third of it is is just someone who's wrong 99% of the time like the, the I, I hate this right like a. St- Stephen A. Smith is extremely annoying but he's right a lot and he's like a smart guy and then Max Kellerman is not annoying but he's consistently wrong about literally everything exactly because Stephen A. <laughs> I hate his shtick like I'll listen to him especially like he'll sometimes do a show where he's quiet and nice and subdued and I'm like this is the Stephen A. I want I don't like the Stephen A. I like Stephen A. when he's just analyzing by himself can be funny and is right and is worth listening to. Stephen A. When he's on one of these panel shows where he's debating people, most annoying dude to ever exist. Like I, I, I probably can't do it again. Lightning can't strike twice. But Stephen A. Like will go. He'll yell. He'll go to the top of his lungs. Oh no, that was blasphemy. Let me tell you how you're wrong. And then he'll he'll go all quiet. Now let me tell you why you're wrong, Max Kellerman. <laughs> you are wrong. That is blasphemy. That is disrespectful. That and like he'll draw out all his vowels and he'll get He's re- Nicholas Cage. He's Nicholas Cage, dude. Like there's only just it's whispering or screaming. 
and there's nothing in between. There, like there is no middle ground. It's only when he's sad. The only time I've seen him quiet, and I feel bad for him. Like again, with with how annoying I feel, like I feel he is. I felt really bad. I feel bad for everyone who was like close to Kobe Bryant, for example, who had, right, has right, to deal with his passing. But the only time that I've ever seen him subdued and quiet and like kind of just how I imagine he regularly talks is when he was talking <laughs> about Kobe Bryant. That was it. And like I understand because it's a, it's a really solemn moment. But I don't like if he did that more, I would be such a big fan. Like I'd be a Stephen A. Stan till I die because he's genuinely like how he controls Cowboys fans. Genuinely. funny oh, yeah. guy. Yeah, I know. Like, I want to like him. He's a Steelers fan, and he hates the Cowboys. Those, those are when it comes to sports media. Those two things are very important to me. <laughs> but his level of just being in insufferable, annoying human, just out, like I'm literally rooting for. Back, back to my point about hating the press. I'm literally rooting for San Francisco because of a segment on ESPN's first take, where like the I I didn't even watch it. Just the cry on at the bottom was like, "Will Patrick Mahomes?" past Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever. It's like, I don't know, man. Ask me in 20 years. Like, <laughs> like come on. Like, that's that's ridiculous. He's a 24-year-old kid. I mean, like, hey, knock on wood. I, and, dude, he's a great player, and I love watching Patrick Mahomes play. He's, like, one of the most exciting players to watch. Dude, he could have a career-ending injury on Sunday. You know, like, and who not Like, Dan Marino, a top, what, three quarterback of all time, he, he was better than Mahomes is now in his first few years. And he went to one Super Bowl, lost, never met, went back to another Super Bowl again. Like, like, you never know, know what's going to You never know what's going to happen. Like, it, you never <clears> know. <throat> Maybe Patrick Mahomes will be the GOAT, a Mount Rushmore player. Maybe not. Who knows? And why? Like, that doesn't even make sense. He's 24. Tom Brady's 50. Okay? Like, <laughs> when Patrick Mahomes is 50, we can have that conversation. But, all right, anyway, here the moment we've all been waiting for. Prediction. Who wins? What's the score? All right. First off, I got I got to defend Patrick Mahomes for like a second because I'm a Patrick. No, I, li- Mahomes I like I like Patrick Stan. Mahomes. I'm, I'm not... a Pat Mahomes stan, and I love the kid. He's like the only good guy in football. <laughs> you know, he is, dude. No, like I want to root for him. Like I I'm rooting against the press more than I'm rooting against the actual player. No, yeah, sense. and that makes the only the only place where I'd say um that. I think you could put him in a greatest of all time list is uh, I think you could possibly say that he is already in terms of raw talent, one of the most talented QBs to have ever existed. I mean, if you see this, there was a Raiders game at the beginning of the year where this guy literally went to the right side of the pocket and then off of his, like it was, I think it was off of his back foot threw a 70 yard bomb down to the left side of the field. There's no quarterback aside from Aaron Rodgers in his prime that could pull that that could really con- like consistently pull that off and if you can if, like if you see the bombs that Patrick Mahomes throws like off of his back foot or cr- across his body or like when he's on the run and he has both of his feet in, in the air and he's not set the the guy is just i, I mean again I, I agree that he, it's too early to say if he's the greatest of all time but in terms of pure raw because ta- I think uh, there's more into being the goat than just having talent but in terms of being the most one of the most talented of all time I think all you need for that is the eye test and he's already starting to prove that he deserves to be on that list. But, um, I I think that I have a gut feeling that the 49ers pull this out, even though I want, I really, really want the chiefs to win because I want Andy Reid to finally have one. And I want Patrick Mahomes to, I think he'd be 
making history. I don't know for sure, but I think he'd be making history because consider this. It's it's only his third year in the league. His second is a starter, and he's already in a Super Bowl. How insane is that? Yeah, so, I think he'd be and, like he would be like the second youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I think, especially since he's basically carrying third. his team. I mean, uh, there. Uh, if you look at his first year, right? No one has. It's rare. It's rare, if not has never been done that we've ever seen a quarterback do something like that before. Uh, uh, basically a rookie. I mean, I know he had a year to be uh, uh, to have tutelage under Alex Smith, right? But basically his first starting year, second year in the league, first starting year, uh, uh, goes in and just absolutely dominates, almost makes it to the Super Bowl, probably would have made it to the Super Bowl if the, if the if, uh, D4 didn't line up offsides against the Patriots in overtime. Honestly, because if you one. gave him the – he was, was – and he was on a roll. If you gave him the ball in overtime, because he'd scored like on like I think five consistent drives on five straight drives before that, you get him the ball in overtime, they score again, he wins. I, and this isn't even my Patriots hate coming out. I just think when Patrick Mahomes is on a roll, he can't stop him. So it, he po- he possibly would have had a Super Bowl in his first year playing, or at least gone to the Super Bowl in his first year playing. It's his second year. He's all he's gone back to the playoffs. Now he's back to the he's he's in his first Super Bowl. I think if he did win, it would just be historic, and I'd love that for him because, again, he's like one of the only guys in football that I'd actually like say for sure seems like a really nice, nice genuine dude. Um, but I just have that feeling, this bad feeling in my gut, that Andy Reid's choking is going to get the better of him. Uh, that that D-line, because uh, listen, the Kansas City O-line is good, but I don't think they're fantastic, and that that number one, number two ranked San Francisco defense is going to give that line hell, is going to consistently disrupt passes, and I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to totally shut Mahomes down. I think if anyone can stand up against pressure like that, it is Mahomes right now. But it's definitely going to, I think, hinder the offense from being as explosive as you would see like in a 51-34 to win against the Houston Texans. Right. Now, if you look at the Kansas City defense, they're, they're below average. They're just not a good defense. The only thing that you can say about this defense is they did, and I think this is a bright spot, and this is something that— we do need to look at they did stop Derrick Henry they stopped one of the most elite running backs in the league this year they stuffed him uh at at the very least in the you know the second third fourth quarter they they stuffed Derrick Henry they stopped him from from embarrassing them the entire game they didn't keep him from having a necessarily good game but they they kept him from having an amazing game where he wins so if they can do the same with the with the 49ers running game they have a chance but at the same time they're they're let's say they do stop the 49ers running uh running game the issue is number one the 49ers passing game, I don't think has has done enough this year where you can, you can sufficiently analyze them on tape. I just I don't think they have. I think it's going to be really hard if you do get the 49ers passing to know what their game plan is going to be because there's just not enough source material out there to really analyze. I mean, for example, you know, uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo only passed eight times in the last game, so I think it's going to be really hard to to pinpoint what Kyle Shanahan's plan for the passing game is. Uh, at the same time, I I think that if you look at the uh, 49ers defense, even though it, could be sufficient against the run, could be. I don't know if it will. Their their cornerback, or yeah, their cornerbacks are just absolute, excuse my language, they're dog shit. They are dog fucking shit. They have literally one of the worst pass defenses in the league. And going up against a good quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, and listen, he doesn't have like a Patrick Mahomes Well, they weapons. have the one guy. They have a, they have the one corner. What's his name? Uh, Honey Badger. Forget, yeah, but like if you, and yeah, uh, but the the whole unit's not the, the overall unit sucks. So you, and you like the Honey Badger. I don't know what his name is. He can cover. What's his real name? Hey, I don't know. Honey Badger. He can anyway, cover you guys know one guy. About. 
he can cover maybe one guy, one elite, more elite receiver. And then after that, almost every receiver is open. And also, even even the elite guys sometimes get, get tripped up and played. So Can't I don't, cover George Kittle. Yep. George Kittle's too big. I mean, no, there isn't a corner in the, the league that can cover uh, George Kittle. So I think that the Kansas City uh, corners are too shit where if Jimmy Garoppolo is forced to throw, and I, I think they'd be stupid not to have Jimmy throw because they're, they're, this is – the prime defense for it. I mean, they were. I think they were still one of the lowest ranked defenses in the league for for pass defense. So I think that the Kansas City offense is kept from being extremely explosive to the point where the 49ers can't keep up and eventually pull ahead. And I think that the 49 uh, the Kansas City defense, unless there's some really good game plan that Andy Reid's got going, which I doubt because he's more of an offensive guy. He's an offensive mind, not a defensive one. Uh, I, I just don't think they're able to stop that 49ers offense for long. I think the end score is probably going to be like something maybe 28 or I'd say maybe 31 to 24 49ers. That's actually very similar. That's very similar to my my score and I'm also picking San Francisco to win. I just think that uh like as good as Derrick Henry is and he's obviously a monster and also he's like a giant human. He's like 6'3" 250 <laughs> with speed, which doesn't even make sense like human beings that size are not supposed to be that fast. But any but even with Derrick Henry, like San Francisco's running game is even better than Tennessee's. Like they have 3 Derrick Henrys. I mean they have 3 capable backs. They're always fresh. They bring in Breida and Coleman and uh Mostert and I mean so they always have like a fresh pair of legs out there and they can keep Pat Mahomes on the bench, um, you know, they're not going to blow a big lead the way Tennessee did. Jimmy G's better than Ryan Tannehill. And I like Ryan Tannehill, but Jimmy G's just better. They have more weapons in the passing game. They do have Emmanuel Sanders, you know, who's won a Super Bowl before. Won two Super Bowls, actually. One with uh, Denver and one with Pittsburgh. Uh, and they have George Kittle, probably the best tight end in the league. They, I mean, I just, uh, I, I think that D-line is going to get home. They're going to put a lot of pressure on Mahomes, making him uncomfortable. Mahomes is still going to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns probably because he's Mahomes. But I'm going 28-24 uh, San Francisco. And a lot of people are, are predicting like a super high-scoring game, and that is a high-scoring game. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if neither team gets to 30 points. I'm going 28-24. All right, so uh, we talked about football for like a while. So let's jump into uh, uh, a little bit of politics. Um I'll, I'll just continue with my hatred of the press. Let's talk about our friends over at CNN. Um, Don Lemon really out Don lemon himself over the weekend um, on a segment. I, what was it? I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday on CNN uh, with Rick Wilson, who's a former uh, Republican strategist turned insufferable leftist hack uh, overnight. All it took was uh, Donald Trump getting elected and, and poof, there's a magical transition. It's funny how that works. Um, and then uh, there was another gentleman, a, a vaguely ethnic guy. I, I don't remember the other guy's name, didn't recognize him. But anyway, so they joked for several minutes uh, in primetime on CNN about how uh, Trump voters are mentally handicapped, that Trump voters can't read or write or spell or read a map. Um, they made fun of anybody who has a southern accent. Uh Man, it was really bad stuff. And I've, I've tweeted out the clip. I'll tweet it out again once this, this shows up. But, man, how do these morons keep thinking that this is a winning strategy? Like, how? how? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, this has been disproven over and over. Literally, if, if Hillary Clinton didn't call half the country a basket of deplorables, she'd be president of the United States right now. 
uh, I don't know about that, but I will it, say that it would have been it, there'd be. I don't know. I'm, uh, she would have had much a, a, a better shot I, for sure. I think she would have too because that really did hurt her. But at the same time, I don't yeah. know if she was she would have won. I think it would have definitely been more competitive. Um, right. But I don't, I don't know. I don't think that they necessarily think this is a winning strategy. I think they're just oblivious to how bad of a strategy, like how how bad of optics it how? is. How? How? Like how? In this state, like I I know you're right. I'm I'm sure you're right. But it's like. How are you that far in your bubble? How are you that far up your own ass? Well, first off, Rick, you can't. Rick Wilson is a douche. Like he's just. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, listen, there's a, anyone who knows me knows this. One of the pet peeves that I have, I'm usually a really even-tempered guy. Like it takes a lot to get me angry. But one of the actual pet peeves that I have is that if you act like a pretentious asshole, like you're, you're pretentious, you talk down to people, you disrespect people, you act like you're all high and mighty and better than everyone else. Then, and I'm going to probably hate you, and if you do it to me, I'm going to probably blow a gasket. So I hate pretentiousness. Rick Wilson, honestly, I'd say even more so than Tom Nichols, and that's a, an award. Rick Wilson is probably the most pretentious fucking pundit out there. He's an yeah. annoying guy. He's, he's, he's up there. He thinks he's better than everyone else, and if you look at his Twitter feed after he basically went viral for being an asshole, if you can, by the way, you should try and edit in the clip because I feel like a lot of people need to hear how much of an asshole he is to really get the gist. Right, but um, it, it, he was basically just calling the backlash he was getting. Of oh, I had to deal with the fake Trump outrage machine, dude. I don't like Trump. I literally have, I chuckled because when I was first watching the clip, I didn't know what to expect. I chuckled at making fun of Donald Trump in Ukraine. Like when he said at first, when he was like, "Oh, Donald Trump couldn't spot Ukraine on a map. There was a U and a picture of a crane next to it." I'm like, "Okay, that's pretty good." And then he starts going again. Like then he starts railing against Trump voters. And I'm like, dude, that's not – number one, I mean I guess comedy is, uh, is, is subjective. So fine. I, I guess a bunch of people like Don Lemon, for example, was laughing his ass off could find that funny. But it's you're, – you're literally calling an entire group of people dumb hick hillbillies who don't know how to read, don't know how to spell, and don't know what a map is. Which by the way, the Daily Wire had a hilarious tweet where they showed that like only 28 percent of Republicans could spot Iran on a map, but only 27 percent – of Democrats can spot Iran on a map. So no one can use maps because the American voter is generally not that smart. No offense to American voters out there. I'm not even trying to be pretentious. I just think that when it comes to politics and geopolitics and, and world events, people don't pay that much attention, which is fine. We're all more consumed with our daily lives than we are with, with the useless squabblings of politics and usually foreign policy. But it's like, don't act like like uh, like the people who hate Donald Trump are any more adept at map reading, Rick. But my whole thing is, is this. I don't care about the jokes. I really don't. I Even if it, if it was just a joke about Donald Trump, for example, even if even though Rick does genuinely hate Donald Trump, I don't care. I don't care. Make fun of Donald Trump all you want. I don't. Number one, I don't like him that much. And number two, it's it's like the president is made to be made fun of. I mean, that's going to oh, yeah. happen. No, I, I, I'm all for making fun of politicians, even politicians yeah. I like. I, I mean, it's it's your patriotic duty to make fun of politicians. Exactly. Like they should they should be the butt of every joke. Like yeah, it, <laughs> I'm totally exactly. fine with that. It's just the anger, the malice, the the hatred they have for us. I mean, it's not just Trump. They don't just hate Trump, they hate you. Like they hate you. And that's what, like yeah. if you listen to this part yeah. like the press hates you. And look at who they were mocking. Like it wasn't just Trump like I, it wasn't just Trump. I wouldn't have a problem with it at all if they were making fun of Trump. Like I I voted for Trump and I make fun of Trump. Like who cares? But like they're making fun of Every Republican, 
every Trump voter and like 10 percent of Trump's Trump voters are actually registered Democrats. So every Trump voter, every Republican, every conservative. And then they were mocking anybody who has a southern accent. So you're 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 mocking every Republican, conservative and Trump voter and the entire populations of Virginia, West Virginia, both Carolinas, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, and Missouri. So you just insulted like 70% of the population of the United States. See, well done, thing is, I don't even think... you, you fucking moron. <laughs> like, you're in, you're, you're, like you insulted the vast, overwhelming majority of voters. Well done. Yeah. I, here's the thing, too. I don't think the accent shit was that big of a deal. My whole thing is this. Joe Rogan has made several jokes about dumb, oh, dumb, those dumb Southern people, those dumb conservatives. Joe, like, Joe Rogan has legitimately made these jokes before. The difference between Joe Rogan, and you hit the nail on the head, the difference between Joe Rogan and Rick Wilson is Joe Rogan can make the, the jokes in good humor. Joe Rogan can make them in good faith. Joe Rogan doesn't genuinely hate me. Joe Rogan is willing to talk to me. Joe Rogan's literally willing to talk to fucking anyone. So I don't get yeah. the sense that Joe Rogan holds any actual dis- disdain. The issue – and that's not where those jokes, quote-unquote, are coming from. The issue is with Rick, specifically Rick. I mean if you look at Rick's history I, – I know there's some lefties who probably listen to this or listen to me being on here. I don't, I don't know. But the thing is if you look at specifically Rick Wilson's career, he, he has made his name – I mean he, I think he skyrocketed from like 100,000 followers on Twitter or 200,000 to like 700,000 just like now. Uh, he's made – his name over these past four years of not only ripping on Trump constantly, which again, I don't really care about as much, but also ripping on his base, calling his base stupid, acting like everyone in his base is just fake, uh, this uh, part of this fake outrage machine, acting like everyone in, in his base are just these hick yokels who don't know what the fuck politics are, don't know what's really good for them, and they voted for a pretty malignant, uh, uh, disingenuous bad guy. All right? And the, the issue with that is when you call people stupid, when you don't value them as people, when you just look at them as, as, as people who you should despise politically and personally, they're going to walk over coals, hot, searing coals to vote for Donald Trump yep. just to spite you. So yep. I, like, I, I don't think – I think everyone underestimates because this isn't even a support for Donald Trump we're talking about. I think the mainstream media underestimates the powerful weapon right. that is spite. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. I mean that uh, – I know a lot of people that vote for Trump, not because they like Trump. I know a lot of people that voted for Trump because fuck you, because Trump doesn't hate you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's it's a tough sell. Trump's bad. Trump's bad. Trump's bad. Also, I hate you. So vote for Democrats. What? How does that even how does that make any sense? And leftists are coming back and, and with with the line uh, after the CNN thing. A lot of leftists are saying, yeah, but Trump makes fun of people all the time. Trump makes fun of people all the time. Yeah, he does. But, like, okay, look, who does Trump make fun of? He makes fun of politicians. He makes fun of other world leaders, which I wish he'd kind of stop with that. That's, yeah, that's a little dangerous. But he does. He makes fun of Hollywood. He makes fun of, you know, like, the press. Yeah, But these are all people with power. Like, he makes fun of powerful people. Like, and, you know, like, he's still, if you're the president of the United States, like, kind of everybody you go after, you're technically punching down because, like, He's the most powerful man on earth, but like he goes after the powerful. Like he, I, like correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe he's ever gone after Hillary voters. Like I don't think he's ever gone after like Democratic voters. He doesn't go after the little guy. Like he goes after other powerful people, and that's a huge difference, man. That's a major distinction between the two. 
Yeah. And and the other th- thing is, because um, I had this argument yesterday, I condemn it. Like, I'm talking about me on – I know there's a, bu- a bunch of MAGA, MAGA, MAGA people that like that don't care about a lot of the insults that he hurls. But I condemn it when I just think it's un- unnecessarily – like, it's not just him punching at the media for being fake news. I, like, but he's actually just being legitimately mean, like a congress saying that a congressman is is probably in hell. Like, I it, now that he's dead, I like that, yeah, that's bad. A, a wide, widely respected civil servant, even though he was a Democrat, like he was still widely respected and widely beloved. I just think that's that's unnecessarily mean. That's something I condemn him for. That that's one of the reasons why, I, like, I personally despise him. But at the same time, it's it's just the worst thing you can do is convince yourself that the opinions of the people you don't like are only held by a handful of dumbasses and that you shouldn't respect it. Because here's the thing, even though I despise what Donald, like if I were there, I wish, I wish Don Lemon would invite me on the show. I'd, I'd tear him a new asshole. But if, uh, if I were there, I'd be like, listen, I detest Donald Trump. I despise Donald Trump. I hate, honestly, you can disagree with me on this. I hate what he's done to conservatism until Iran. I really hate what he's done with foreign policy. I hate how he's dealt with China. I hate how he's dealt with the Uyghur situation over there uh and again until recently i hated how he dealt with iraq or i'm sorry iran but now i i love what he's done with iran i think he did a complete 180 which is good um but at at the same time despite my own personal detestment for donald trump i don't detest the people who support him just because they like you have to be a shitty person for me to detest you if you're supporting donald trump because i don't detest you just because you're supporting donald trump and the difference is what rick and don lemon and the other guy in the program can't understand is why can't I detest someone just for supporting Donald Trump? Why can't I hate them? Why can't I punch down at the at the the electrician who voted for Donald Trump? Why can't I punch down at the plumber who voted for Donald Trump? They're idiots. They're dumb. They're 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 messing with my way of life. It's like, dude, that's that's not how politics should work, especially when you're a part of an organization who claims to be an objective news outlet. And for as smart as Rick is, and for as many Republican, you know. Because he, like you said, he used to be kind of a Republican campaign strategist or a Republican strategist for as many uh, uh, Republican meetings and for as many Republican strategies as he was a part of. He seems to be completely inept at how to win over votes because now the Trump campaign turned that moment on Don Lemon's show into an attack ad. And it's quite personally one of the best attack ads I've ever seen oh, yeah. because yeah. It, it literally utilizes, like I said, it utilizes the weapon of spite. Most like uh, Alex Mirashanu on Twitter pointed out that, listen, most Americans don't care about this Don Lemon thing because most Americans don't even watch CNN. They don't. It's no, that, true. That's the, thing. Of- that, that's the funniest. That's the funniest thing, man. And uh, I brought this up before we started recording. But like my favorite part of this, I think this happened on Sunday, Saturday or Sunday. I can't remember. It took us 48 hours <laughs> to hear that this happened. Like it took like conservative Twitter 48 hours to find this clip because no one watched it. No one watches CNN. No, exactly. Like, it took us two days to find out that a tree fell in the woods because apparently it does not make a sound <laughs> if nobody's there to hear it, which is just hilarious. And yeah, with that attack ad, man, I think it is like one of the most effective ads, and that is going to be an extremely effective ad. The Babylon Bee, like six months ago, had <laughs> had a headline that was I'm paraphrasing, but something along the lines of Trump's team Trump team's new ad is simply an unedited video of Democrats talking. And then, but it happened. That's literally the ad. It, the the entire clip of uh, of Rick Wilson and Don Lemon laughing 
unedited, just a, just a clip of actual CNN footage. And then at the end of the ad, I'll tweet this out too. If you guys haven't seen it, I'll tweet it out. But at the end of the ad, it just says, these people think you're a joke. Prove them wrong in November. That's a powerful message. That is an effective ad. I, I think it's going to, I can see that an ad like this changing some hearts and minds. And it's, it's so fun. I mean, the Babylon Bee, you know, struck in. <laughs> um, lines between satire and real life, um, it unfortunately. It's really disturbing but... when they start predicting. Uh... I know. <laughs> um, I know. But, but and, and, like, really quick, what I was going to say is because Alex Mirashani made that point on Twitter that most of, like, Ameri- the, the average American people, I mean, what does Don Lemon's show get in terms of ratings? Like, one to two million? You know, so most of the American populace right. does not watch the mainstream media. They maybe have an idea of who Don Lemon is. They definitely know what CNN is. Is, but most of them might even argue don't even watch Fox News. Like, like I said, most people are more focused on their own personal lives than they are about on politics. But the watching a football game, or your honestly, that would be an amazing thing for the Trump campaign to do if they took a an ad out for that during the Super Bowl. Oh God, that would be so great. Like that if they oh use that ad in the Super Bowl. But anyways, oh. um, if you are watching TV, just an average Joe American, you don't know that this happened. You know that CNN exists, and you know by the way that the CNN is supposed supposed because they promote themselves as such to be a bipartisan outlet. Uh, not an unbiased outlet, I should say. And all of a sudden you see a commercial come on your TV where, again, unedited, basically, people are laughing at how stupid you are for, for voting for Donald Trump, for liking Donald Trump. Oh, my God. I don't care if you don't even watch the media that much. You're going to have some strong feelings about that and possibly, like you said, go out and vote for Donald Trump just to prove them yeah. wrong. Just just yep. to make them cry again like they did in 2016, which, by the way, I usually genuinely don't take enjoyment in other people's misery. But oh god seeing them cry in 2016 was the and i didn't even like trump i was never trumper that was the best thing ever and i i do oh, yeah. I, do, I do just want to say one last thing i'm sorry no don, don lemon has no room no room to to question other people's intelligence to laugh at how stupid someone else is no. because don Donald Trump is the guy that promoted the conspiracy theory. Not even a good conspiracy theory, bro. Even when when other conspiracy theorists are like, I I don't know about that. Don Lemon said that a black hole possibly swallowed that missing Malaysian airliner. Don (laughs) Lemon, Don Lemon, when he was talking to Chris Cuomo, said that he didn't think disrespectful was a word. He said disrespectful. I don't think that's a word. Don Lemon has no room to question anyone's intelligence, and yet there he is laughing at Rick Wilson calling a bunch of people boomer rubes. Like, shut up, dude. And Don Lemon's also the same character that cried on air after Trump tweeted a meme making fun of CNN. Cried. Like a little bitch. Because he couldn't take a joke. So, I mean, look, if if you can dish it out, you gotta take it, brother. You know, like, and I'm, look, fair game. Fair play. But if you can dish it out, you got to be able to take it. And obviously, he's a silly little bitch who can't. So, anyway, all right. So, we're out of time. I got to let you go, man. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Where can everybody follow you online and, and all that good stuff? Uh, follow me on my amazing Twitter feed at Real Eric Schaefer. It's basically the best Twitter feed there ever was. And uh, that's about it. That's about it. I have a new podcast probably coming out in about a month or two, but I don't know. I don't even have a name for it yet. yet. So, we'll, we'll see how that goes. The. Uh... Eric Schaefer, drag queen story hour. Oh, yes. Okay, and I can like I can put on like a blonde wig and some eyeliner mm-hmm. and put some cantaloupes down my shirt. Yeah, you know what? We'll do that. We're going to do that. <laughs> cantaloupes. <laughs> Might be a little overkill, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
I don't really know what the drag queens are doing these days. I, I don't know. I don't really keep up with it. All right, everybody, uh, you know, be on the lookout for Eric's new show. I'm sure it'll be great. Definitely do not follow him on Twitter. He's terrible. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's all I got for today. Uh, everybody, enjoy uh, the weekend. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Uh, don't get too drunk. Uh, don't miss work on on uh, Monday and get fired and get evicted from your house or anything. That would be bad. So, uh, <laughs> everybody, have a great weekend. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Thank you.